in real estate, there's thousands of landlords, there's thousands of operators. You look at the procurement of remote working opportunities and hybrid working. I, I can't foresee hybrid working really working seamlessly until clients have more visibility on where are these guys going, when are they going, how does it work for them, how do we pay for it? The, the sector is going to need to start to come up with solutions, right? And that there's a plethora of them out there, but they're small and they occupy a little niche in the market here, a little niche in the market there. As a sector, we need to start managing our data better and giving answers back to the clients, I think. You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? John, welcome to the Future of Work podcast. Uh, we're really grateful to have you here today. You know, I've known Instant since 1992 or 93 when you first started this company. And I think you and I have known each other for at least 10 years now. Uh, it, it's seven years, Frank, when I had the great pleasure of coming to your conference in D.C., an amazing city, one of my favorites, uh, seven years ago this year. Uh, and that was my, one of my first great baptisms into the flexible workspace world. Well, I'm, I'm glad, glad we were able to bring you into the industry. Um, but for, the, for those that aren't familiar with Instant and yourself, let me, let me read the brief obligatory bio, if you will, uh, so others can be more familiar with you. Um, John is the uh, Chief Marketing Officer of the Instant Group, which is a real estate solutions and flexible workspace specialist group. They have more than 20 years of data on the global market, uh, and their insights are used around the world. The company now manages more than 6 million square feet of flexible space with clients including IBM, uh, Amex, GlaxoSmithKline, M&G, Barclays, etc. cetera. Uh, and as chief marketing officer, John is responsible for instance market reports and client insights. Considering your client base, that's a pretty hefty job, I would say. <laughs> Um, I know you're a, a speaker at MIPM, Cornet, Cornet Europe, um, Middle East and Africa, Cityscape, WorkTech, every major property conference in the world. And CoStar actually considers you to be the preeminent thought leaders in the flexible workspace field. I, I'm, I'm a little offended by that, by the way, because <laughs> I, I always thought that I was the preeminent. Uh, <laughs> But uh, welcome, John. Your your credentials are amazing. The company you work through for is is uh, absolutely one of the leaders in the flexible workspace world. Uh, and without Peer, the the largest specialized brokerage group uh, globally uh, in the that deals with flexible workspace. So thank you for joining us today. No, it's a pleasure, Frank, and not not least because um, it's been a hell of a couple of years we've all been through. So to uh, to be here talking about such a positive future for Flex after such a difficult time is a, is a real pleasure. I think we all feel very grateful we're still we're still standing, right? Well, I, I think I think that's true. But you know, our industry, uh, interestingly, um, especially the established companies of the industry, we actually all saw an upsurge, uh, a big uptick, as companies worldwide, even government, recognized flexible work. Uh, and a flexible earth program is critical for their future survival. And uh, I hate to be the beneficiary of something in bad times, but but our industry has been. Um, tell us a little bit, you know, many companies are trying to figure out how to restructure their portfolios, how, how to reorganize 
realize their their own corporate real estate holdings. And what's your thought on that? What what advice do you see um, Instant able to, to to provide to companies and going through that right now? There's more than a couple of things to unpack there, Frank. Actually, um, in part because we're obviously speaking to a lot of um, major internationals right now, not only to deliver solutions for them but I'm calling them to, to get research and to, to get, ask their opinions about the return to office and how the market's unfolding for them. And look, I, you know, we'd love to be definitive and say this is going to happen right now, but what we're really hearing from a lot of these corporates, all the corporates, is that, yes, they're going to use more flex and their portfolio is going to become more dependent upon it. And you know, that's not a story. That was the story before the pandemic. Correct. What is happening right now is that they're in this test and learn process. So they're kind of finally realizing, look, we can't predict what the future is going to look like, but we need to take the approach, which is so common to other sectors like the technology sectors. We're going to test, see what kind of environment our staff come back into, what draws them back in, understand what works for them, look at the data, and then postulate on what comes next. And so we think really that the kind of washout will be 18 to 24 months at least before we really have a view on what the future of the office actually looks like which is is not the most dynamic and exciting answer but it's the most pragmatic we, we really need to understand what we're dealing with here and how people feel about workspace before we can start saying definitively this is the future well there, there's a lot of lot of things in play here um first you have the human you know we, we always say the the industry is con comprised of people place and technology <clears throat> right now we're talking just about place. But when, when you start changing any one of those things, you have to take into consideration the other two. Mm. Uh, keep the balance and the ingredients that create the industry. <clears throat> so if you, when you look at the people side, which is what we've been dealing with uh, through this pandemic period, and even before that, uh, if, if you didn't have a good flexible workplace program in 2017 or 18 or early 19, you couldn't get good talent. Yeah, exactly. So companies were already going through this process on the people side of figuring out what works productivity-wise. But uh, they were, like you say, they were learning. They were experimenting with it. <clears throat> the pandemic changed all that. Now it's uh, got to do it, got to do it now. Yeah. Um, as we come back, though, uh, people are, it seems that the people are driving the process more than the decision makers at the corporate level. Uh, the, the grand strategy is driven from the bottom up right now, as opposed to from the top down. And that strategy from the bottom up will change the way that place is, is dealt with. And certainly the technology is there to bring it all together. So what's your thoughts on the bottom up strategy as opposed to the top down strategy? This is something where, again, we're 100% seeing from the clients I've surveyed, probably around 100 heads of real estate now globally that we've kind of quanted up their, their views on the workplace. And we've been replicating this research each quarter since the pandemic started. So we have a pretty qualified view of how corporate heads of real estate feel about the office and what they're receiving from the staff. <laughs> undisputedly initially the pressure was top down like you know reduce your portfolio what are we doing about costs drive value into the business now this kind of as you say it's spun 180 whereby actually it's the colleagues the staff the workforce who are saying we're not sure we want to come back in the way that we were before we're not sure about those locations we're certainly not sure about design 
what are you with the real estate department going to do about this? What are you, the C-suite, going to do to allay our fears and address our concerns around the bigger issue of wellness? Now, that's driving behavior, as you say, from the bottom up as well as the top down. And, you know, real estate guys sit in the middle looking for answers, thinking we need solutions to what is a not insignificant problem. It's a good problem to have. They're excited about it. They've wanted to change things in real estate for a long time. But now they're really searching around for different ways of producing real estate outcomes. But also, in terms of producing outcomes, they need to measure outcomes differently. You mentioned productivity then. You know, that is a, a very broad baseline. Productivity can mean a multitude of different things. In our, my point of view is I think there is a mistaken emphasis on productivity being output-led. I Let's do more of something. And really what we see the office being used for is doing things differently and thinking differently. You come into the office to meet people, to have a different train of thought, have a conversation which sparks an idea, see a client. And FlexSpace is really geared up to help facilitate that. You want to meet new people, have new ideas and be collaborative and be productive in a different way. Well, also, you know, yeah, sorry. I, I was going to say, uh, that's interesting, but let, let's, let's look at some metrics on that. Uh, overall, I know in our own discussion with a variety of uh, heads of, of various large corporations, one of the common thoughts that we saw in managing this change, and this started before the pandemic, but accelerated during the pandemic, uh, one of the major uh, heads of, of property uh, from one of these companies indicated to us that they wanted to try, they looked at their portfolio two ways. They looked at two portfolios. They looked at their property portfolio, but they also looked at their people portfolio. And they said, you know, our property portfolio has a long-term contingent liability of 11 years. The leases, the, the renewal periods, the owned properties, debt, et cetera. They said, our, our long-term liability on our balance sheet is 11 years. And then they looked at their people portfolio and said, our turnover in our people, if you will, our portfolio of people has a seven-year life cycle. On average, throughout the entire company, hundreds of thousands of employees. So they looked at those two things and they said, that's what we want to balance. Yeah. We want to balance our life cycle of our employees at seven years with our long-term liabilities in our property portfolio. That was the first thing that they, they, they said overall. And then we, as the pandemic evolved, they, they took another step and they said, on average, we think that our people side of our portfolio are going to be out working outside of the office on average in some form or another. We don't know what yet, but in some form or another, two days a week. Yeah. So we want to reduce that property portfolio from a match of seven years down to a match of four and a half or five years. Tops. They, 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 they were taking the, the, the occupancy down a little bit. Um, and they're, they're looking at the debt in their balance sheet. So using those kind of metrics, how do you see change going on? Because those are massive, massive numbers. Look, and look, this is the other thing about this test and learn response we're hearing from heads of real estate. They, they would love to make some changes now to their portfolios. 
But the reality is that the way you procure space via conventional leases means they're probably two years out. Of the that way. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they can't even unwind what they, what is the obvious, right. you know, the open goal in front of them is to unwind some of these leases in spaces that are less popular. And, and to combine this answer with my previous one, one thing that's interesting from our research is the regional nuance around the world. And nearly every head of real estate I spoke to said, do you know where the problem I have at the moment is? Is the US, because staff aren't going back because they're saying, do you know what? We're not going to go back to the office five days a week. We're not going to go back to the same location and the type of space that we went to before. We want to see change. And because of the labor market in the US at the moment and the, the great resignation, they have power. I think the US employee probably has more power now than they've ever had previously. And they're going to use it. And they are. it will be the people metric, therefore, you're talking about is staff attraction and retention, you know, staff wellness, surveying the staff regularly to decide is the space working for them and does the space match your people strategy? And the, the last big outcome of that is every head of real estate I speak to is either reporting to or working very closely with a head of talent because it's talent-led outcomes now which really matter above all else and, and wellness. Other metrics around pound per square foot or dollar per meter are irrelevant now. Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting you say that. When, when you look at the cost structure of a major company, um, uh, the top four items for almost every global fortune, 50, 100, 1,000 company, whoever you want to look at, says um, talent people is generally number one. Uh, uh, number two is either technology, facility, or travel. It's one of those three. So those are the big four cost uh, centers. Mm -hmm. When you look at flexible workplace today, and you look at those four big cost centers, which one is most aligned with the highest flexibility in the workplace? I mean, look, you've got to give people options now. This, and this, this is what the issue is in the US. It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> it's travel. It's travel. Okay. The, the Large corporates have learned to manage remote workers for decades and decades and have systems in place today to track every cost, every activity, every contract, everything to do with travel. And if anything today, we are there is no such thing as an occupier anymore. There are only travelers in the workplace. We are all travelers. Every one of us is a digital nomad today. Um, so applying, and when they look at facility, in looking in HR, they should be looking, in my opinion at least, and I'd be interested in yours on this, at how the travel management systems work and apply those to the workplace. And as a result, the way they recontract on facilities well look i have quite a, a geeky answer for this one but it's you know if you're in the workspace sector you're going to be interested where whereby we also know from the client base they they want to give choice of location and allow people to work where they want to work there's no one who's saying that you need to come back to one location all the time they're happy to liberate the workforce and go out there and let them choose their location it's more in doing that what do they get back so if, 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 if it's going to be co-working and flex that fills the gap here, which it, it logically should be, the flex sector is going to have to do more and giving data back to the procurement channel so they understand what value looks like and what good looks like in that space. 
So they can say, well, we've got 10 employees in this suburban location. It's a good cost for us. It's a great location. The staff love it there. But at the moment, extrapolating that data out is not impossible, but extremely time consuming. And therefore, you end up with real estate teams trying to manage a lot of data, which they don't really want to do, nor have the skill sets to, to deliver on. So as a sector, we need to be able to be much better at doing this to represent value and represent information back to the corporate procurer of space. Have you heard that from anyone else, Frank? Because it's, it's something we're hearing yeah, from a lot. I, I think that that's a big key. Um, large corporations make their decisions based on data. In fact, we have a, a mantra, we'd say, get the data. Data yeah. becomes information, which turns to knowledge, which allows action. So get the data. So we have our little mantra on that. And I know you have something similar that you think of uh, overall. Every major corporation has some view of that uh, and government as well. Um, the systems that are in place in the travel industry and the and the service providers in the travel industry, to your point, all are able to flow that data through large systems, Pegasus, Sabre, um, uh, Highmark, all the big res engines, et cetera. And every major service provider from the hospitality to the travel side, to the rental side, uh, car rental, et cetera, it all feeds into these giant single systems. And that allows the end user to, number one, understand exceptions, understand cost uh, uh, overall, but also allows the uh, decision maker at the corporate level to figure out the contracting. And the contracting in this case uh, uh, relates to restructuring contracts that allow for a reduction in debt on the balance sheet. Yeah. And that reduction in debt on the balance sheet frees up capital for corporate growth. And corporate growth through that reduction in balance sheet debt can easily make up for losses that we have in fact suffered through the pandemic. <laughs> so if you look at the whole thing as a, 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 again, a giant balancing uh, uh, module, we've suffered through the pandemic with certain issues the solutions to this bottom-up pressure yeah. to keep people side happy actually also keep the shareholder side happy and allow for corporate growth which in turn provides national security for every country because it improves the business climate which feeds us all so it, it's an interesting circle to play with and i know you guys have massive amounts of data so in this regard well we do and and this is one thing i've been addressing with clients through research is that you know the end user client whether it's an sme a scale up or or a global corporate they all have similar issues right there, there is a lack of scale in this area in real estate and in flex space so one particular issue that came out is reporting around sustainability now most big clients most most mid-market clients Sustainability, hitting net zero targets, staff wellness, these are three of the biggest problems on their on their um, corporate agenda right now. No, no doubt. Like they all they're all unilaterally saying we have to solve these problems. However, the market's not really giving them anything back. And if they do, it's it's like flex space, it's highly fragmented, it's quite hard to read. They need scalability. They need scalability of reporting around sustainability, 
need a, a view of the market and how it's driving value for them and how it can improve. And to your point, Frank, you know, you're talking about supply chain and procurement in travel. There's big scalable models pushing data back at the user so they can measure um, value, measure output. In real estate, there's thousands of landlords, there's thousands of operators. For the heads of real estate that sit in the middle of this, giving out requirements, how do they pull all this data into them to make their lives easier and make interesting and intelligent decisions from? You know, even now, you look at the procurement of remote working opportunities and hybrid working. I, I can't foresee hybrid working really working seamlessly until clients have more visibility on where these guys are going, when are they going, how does it work for them, how do we pay for it? The, the sector's going to need to start to come up with solutions, right? And there's a plethora of them out there, but they're small and they occupy a little niche in the market here, a little niche in the market there. As a sector, we need to start managing our data better and giving answers back to the clients, I think. Well, you know, and I, I agree with that. I think as we look at the flexible workplace industry, and this is maybe a good place to start thinking about tying this conversation off, um, as we look at the industry, um, travel, good, good, good comparison, um, the industry itself needs to come together to put common data structures in place um, uh, so that they can provide that transparency and that that data that that the the, end, the large end users need because as an industry there's a lot of one to three center operators in the flexible and then there's a few hundred plus and a couple of thousand plus but it's a long gap between those two uh, those two groups um, and the end user wants choice. They don't just want that thousand plus user. A lot, a lot of them like that particular user. Um, uh, um, uh, so they want choice, and the choice has to do with neighborhood, has to do with place. Um, uh, it, we say it's better to to build a new flexible work center on a bike path than on a metro path. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, so uh, people do want to live and work in, in their neighborhood, whether it's downtown or, or out of town. Um, so the industry, one of the things I think is a calling here is to work with the largest clients and come up jointly with a common data platform or at least data metrics that everybody can feed into to help large corporates uh, make this decision, gain this extra level of efficiency and support of their own teams overall and and i think if if you at instant as a chief marketing officer were to raise another flag it would be for this common standard of data that everybody could use uh and no we'd certainly be interested in helping exactly that frank and, and look but i i think there's a few things that, you know to, some data to throw back at you there which is exciting for the sector to some of those points you know firstly those that choice, you know, it was the predictions from the, you know, a lot of the conventional real estate analysts was that the flexible workspace market was going to first of all contract and then they said there was going to be consolidation. We haven't seen either of these things. And what we've happily seen is those owners of one to three centers have done pretty well during the pandemic. It was assumed yeah. there'd be a bloodbath, but they've done okay. They've had sympathetic landlords, but demand for them hasn't really dropped off. We've seen a demand maintaining real consistency in what you might call non-central urban locations. So suburban, 
or even rural locations continue globally as a trend. So yep. the market's bucking the trend there and it looks really positive for flex workspace operators that they've continued to grow and prosper and the great consolidation hasn't occurred. But, and also you, you raised a point there and I can back this up with data, bigger clients, whether they're mid markets or, or above, they're not buying from just the top two or three by volume operators. They're actually becoming more nuanced. They're enjoying buying from smaller, more bespoke operators who can give them what they want, which is tailored bespoke areas or, you know, do a separate deal for a bigger, for a bigger client. And that's because we're in a service industry. We're going to work really hard for our clients and do the right thing by the customer. I think bigger businesses are cottoning onto this. They don't feel the need to buy only from one, two or three big global operators. They're happy, very happy to buy from that longer tail you reference, as long as they can navigate the market, which is hopefully what we, where we come in. You know, that, that, that's one of the changes that uh, the uh, travel industry brought forth also. Um, you know, before you, you, your, your company had a contract with Hilton and that was it. Exactly. Marriott. Today, your company has a travel management system that um, collects the data through every reservation and booking system that exists, yeah. Yeah. feeds that data back into the reporting structure that the company can use to manage its contracting, to manage its costs, to manage its exception reports, um, uh, things of that nature. Uh, and it all works quite well, offering both choice and consistency uh, is what high level decision makers need uh, and uh, overall. Well, John, uh, give us a 30 second commercial on instant. <laughs> I, I usually don't do this, uh, but you, I, I know what the work that you guys do and, and I have for years. And so tell us a little bit about instant and how people can reach you or can reach out to instant if they want to know more about how to access flexible space on a global basis well, well look there, there's several different audiences there so which we cater for all of them and if like if you're a client and you're looking to navigate the flexible workspace market and understand the way the new kind of human physical digital interface in the workplace works we've got world-leading consultants who can help you build solutions whether they're bespoke or whether you buy in essence through through an existing flexible workspace operator we'll help you navigate that path and we can help you from Procurement of smart procurement of space will help you if you're a landlord looking to set up or looking at footfall in an area. We can help right up there, all the way through to a customer who's saying, "Look, half my workforce are remote, half my workforce are in the office. How do we knit them together in a series of locations and using the right technology to make it feel seamless?" That's where I think the future of work is heading, and it's what we've recruited to try and provide to all our clients, from an SME in Austin, Texas, to a global in Singapore. That's what Instant is here for, to, to knit together the workplace of the future. Well, <clears throat> we appreciate that very much. and know that you guys do a terrific job of it um, uh, overall. And, and how would people reach Instant should they want to do so? Um, you can come to probably the instantgroup.com, um, which is our corporate site, which allows you access to any of our experts. You can download research reports and market information there. That's a good jump off point. Our aggregator, if you're actually looking for space, is instantoffices.com. And that's the easiest way to procure space, I would argue, on a global basis um, right now. Perfect. Well, that's, that's great. Well, John, thank you very much. I appreciate it to you, uh, your, your support and your insights uh, on a global basis for the flexible workplace sector and the future of work. And we'll look forward to uh, getting together and uh, 
London sometime soon. Well, I, 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 more the point, I hope to see you in the US very time uh, shortly. Okay. Come out to Newport Beach then. <laughs> exactly that. Cheers. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?